growing in God's Word, and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. You may think that what you can do is insignificant. It is not. You may think what you do doesn't matter. It matters. You may think that what you do, nobody even notices. Somebody notices. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and gotten bad service? Maybe the person waiting on you had a bad attitude, or maybe they were slow. Maybe they just didn't seem to care about what kind of service they gave. That can be frustrating, can't it? But have you ever stopped to think about your service to the Lord? I wonder if God ever gets frustrated with our service. I know that it's a struggle sometimes in people's lives. Even in those of us who perhaps are currently actively serving, sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, oh, I'm tired or I'm burnt out. I'm Rick Freeman. Welcome to Crosswalk. Today, as we continue our series on discipleship entitled Cross Culture in 3D, So Real You Can Touch It, we come to a very practical discipline that should be a part of our lives as fully devoted followers of Jesus. I'm referring to the discipline of service. Maybe you've never thought of service as a discipline before, but just like the other disciplines we've discussed, service has to be built into our lives or we run the risk of letting the busyness of life push our service to God out. Maybe it's just good to sometimes uh, come back to this fact and be reminded that, that this actually is a discipline that should be built into our lives, the discipline of serving the body of Christ. Today, Pastor Clay is taking us to Romans chapter 12 to give us the motivation we need to make the discipline of service a priority in our life. Now here's Pastor Clay with this week's Crosswalk. Last week, we talked about the discipline of giving, and it is a discipline that has to be built into our life. I do want to talk to you about the discipline of serving. Now, in some respects, you know, it's like, okay, as the old saying goes, I'm preaching to the choir. Um, Cross Culture Church has an amazing group of people that give of themselves in amazing ways to serve the body of Christ and to serve the community. Thanks for all you do. But I know that it's a struggle sometimes in people's lives. Even in those of us who perhaps are currently actively serving, sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, oh, I'm tired or I'm burnt out. Or, or, you know, and, and maybe it's just good to sometimes come back to this fact and be reminded that, that this actually is a discipline that should be built into our lives. The discipline of serving the body of Christ. If you've got your Bible with you this morning, open it to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. The text will be up on the screen as well, of course, but I want to read it to you this morning. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think 
so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, this fledgling group of believers, they've not been in existence that many years at this point, and there's a lot going on in the book of Romans, it is a fantastic study, but when he comes to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, at least in part, is Paul's explanation to the believers there in Rome and therefore all of us, since that has been passed on to us. It is Paul's explanation of the relationship, the special relationship that exists between the various parts of the body. The special relationship that each of us has to each other as followers of Christ. He, he, he makes this amazing statement there that we read just a moment ago in verse 5 where it says, So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Paul uses this same analogy, this same argument in 1 Corinthians 12. This, this analogy of a human body. And he says, this body of Christ, the local church, the members of that, the people who are believers in Christ, it's kind of like a human body. Just as a human body has various parts and various functions, they all come together and, and form one body. Paul uses that same analogy in Romans 12, uses that same analogy in 1 Corinthians 12, and between his explanation in Romans 12 and his explanation in 1 Corinthians 12, one thing becomes abundantly clear. We need each other. We are a body, and we function together as a body to accomplish the building of God's kingdom and the glorifying of His name. Not individuals, but all of us coming together. And, and Paul argues, he says, now some parts may seem more prominent than, than other parts. A, a nose or, or an eye or a mouth might seem more prominent than a, than a kidney or a, a liver. Paul doesn't use those terms. I'm just telling you that's what, what he says. They may seem more prominent, but every part fits together to form one body and accomplish one purpose, the building of God's kingdom. The glorifying of God's name. We need each other. So, I want to give to you some motivation for service. Because maybe sometimes we need some motivation. Based on Romans chapter 12, real quick this morning, verses 1 through 5. And the, the, the first motivation that Paul says here is this. Serve out of gratitude for His Amazing grace. 
he starts out with this, uh, this statement. New American Standard says, um, I, I urge you. Various translations say, I plead with you, I implore you, uh, the, I beseech you. The, the Williams translation even says, I beg you. That's how he starts this thing out. I beg you. Clearly, the Apostle Paul, and remember, Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So clearly, God has a strong desire for you and I to understand our function within the body. And to understand the importance of serving within the context of the body, the local church. Clearly, God has, has, has this desire for us to come to this understanding of what it means. And Paul says, I urge, I implore, I, I plead, I beg with you this idea of serving out of gratitude for His amazing grace. Because, he says, I urge, I plead, I beg, I beseech, by or through or because of, here it is, the mercies of of God. Because of what the Father has accomplished in allowing His Son to come, because of Christ's death, which allowed us to have life, because of this great mercy, which was extended to each and every one of us, out of gratitude for what He has done, we should serve. Purely grateful for so great a sacrifice. I like the way uh, the New Living Translation uh, puts uh, verse 1. It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. We would not even have a life were it not for what Christ had accomplished for us in extending His mercy to us and making it possible for us to have life. Because of His amazing grace and the gratitude that we have for that gift that we can serve. How could we not willingly do anything except say, my life is yours. I give it to you because you've given it to me. Serving out of gratitude for His amazing grace. Uh, If you're familiar with the Apostle Paul's story, you know that he was hardened against followers of Jesus. He was at least partially responsible for the stoning of Stephen. He had men and women arrested and thrown in prison for their faith in Christ. He hated everything about Christianity. And one day on the road to Damascus, God's amazing grace caught up with Paul. And his life was radically changed He gave his life to Christ. Now, when I say he gave his life to Christ, I don't mean that he just prayed some prayer and got saved. I mean he gave his life to Christ. Every second of time that he had left in his life, every ounce of energy that he had in his life, every skill, every every bit of knowledge, every talent that he had, he completely and totally surrendered to Christ out of gratitude for His amazing grace and committed to serving Christ's body, the church. Let me real quickly, uh, we're going to have to wrap this thing up. Let me just real quickly this morning give you um, maybe a couple of exercises uh, that can help you in this idea of, of keeping gratitude at the forefront of your life so that it, it, 
It keeps you moving forward in this idea. Yes, that's why I do what I do. That's why I serve. It is exhausting. It's tiring. It costs me time and energy. It costs me all this stuff. But that's why I do it. Or that's why I need to do it. That's why I need to get plugged into the body. That's why I need to serve if I'm not currently serving within the body. Let me give you just uh, a a few of them here. Uh, First, let me just say this. Reflect on his love. You know, it's just good sometimes to slow down and just reflect on the love of God. Because it's become so much a part of our lives and our culture. We sing about it and all that stuff, which we, which we should. But to just stop and reflect on His love. To reflect on His love. Look, look at this. Let's pass the scripture uh, from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You probably know this. But God demonstrates His own, what? Say it with me. Love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look at this one. John three sixteen. maybe you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Just to stop and reflect on the love of God. I just can't help but feel grateful. It's easy to, to just think about it in this context and it's, we're comfortable in here and everything else, but to reflect on his love to the point that it actually causes me to serve out of gratitude for what he's done. It's, it's, a, it's a good exercise. So why don't we do that this morning? Let's just take a moment and reflect on God's love for us. How deep the Father's love See 
his love and it's just good to slow down and reflect on it it, obviously it's a demonstration of it but to reflect on his sacrifice as well that God obviously demonstrates his love through that sacrifice but to think of the price that he paid to think what it meant for God in all of his glory to to leave that and to take the existence of a man Paul put it this way to the church in Philippi in chapter 2 of Philippians. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death On a cross. You ever stop and just reflect on the cross of Christ and on his sacrifice? And then let me give you one other. It's not in your notes. You can write it in if you want. But just to reflect on your own life without Christ. You ever stop to think about that? I do from time to time. I think about where would I be had I never given my life to Jesus Christ? Some of us would be in prison. Some of us might be dead. All of us would be living hopeless, helpless, meaningless lives were it not for Christ. Serve out of gratitude for His amazing grace. Listen, everybody has a part in the body. All of those parts fit together. And each person has a part, whether you think that it has a value or not. Curious, how many of you in here have ever heard of Edward Kimball? You don't need to worry about it if you don't. Very few people would know who Edward Kimball was. Edward Kimball was just a Sunday school teacher in the early 18th century. Sunday school teacher of teenage boys. God rest his soul. (laughs) Just a Sunday school teacher. Just finding a place to serve. One of the young men in Edward Kimball's 
class was a 17-year-old young man by the name of Dwight Moody. And Edward Kimball led D.L. Moody to faith in Jesus Christ. D.L. Moody became the most famous, the most prominent evangelist of the 19th century. It is estimated that Moody preached to more than 100 million people. I looked this up. It seems so unfathomable. 100 million people in his lifetime. In an age with no television or radio or sound systems or anything else. Among the hundreds of thousands of people that Moody influenced was a man by the name of F.B. Meyer. F.B. Meyer became a prominent pastor and evangelist in his own right. And among the people that F.B. Meyer influenced was a man by the name of J. Wilbur Chapman, who, like Moody and Meyer before him, became a prominent evangelist in his day. Among the people that J. Wilbur Chapman influenced was a man by the name of Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was a gutter alcoholic, saved by the grace of God, and used by God in the early part of the 20th century to lead tens of thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ. Among the people that Billy Sunday influenced was a man by the name of Mordecai Ham. How do you like to grow up with that name? Mordecai Ham, like those before him, became a prominent evangelist in his day. And in a series of evangelistic meetings in Charlotte, North Carolina in 1934, Mordecai Ham led a young man to faith in Jesus by the name of Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, well, I probably don't need to go on, do I? I, I, was, thinking, I, was, I was thinking about this. I wonder if there's anybody in here or anybody in here who has a parent or grandparent that possibly came to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of a Billy Graham crusade. Because if you do, you owe your spiritual heritage to a man named Edward Kimball. And I was thinking about that. Edward Kimball may be single-handed, well, not single-handedly responsible, but Edward Kimball may be responsible for, for seeing more people come to faith in Jesus Christ than possibly any person who's ever lived on the face of the earth. And yet before today, most of us in here didn't even know his name. You understand what I'm saying to you? It doesn't... It, You may think that what you can do is insignificant. It is not insignificant. You may think what you do doesn't matter. It matters. You may think that what you do, uh, nobody even notices. Somebody notices. It's serving out of gratitude for His amazing grace and being used by Him to bring glory to God and to build His kingdom. Come on. It's the discipline of of service. There's a place for you to serve. I don't know about you, but uh, those are some pretty powerful motivations to serve. The grace of God is something we can never work for or earn, but having it should make us grateful for what God has done, and it should motivate us to want to serve God and His church. Of course, God has every right to demand that we serve because He is God. But how much better to serve because we want to be a part of building His kingdom alongside other believers in a local body. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. 
Each week, Pastor Clay opens the Bible and brings out its exciting and practical truths to apply to our lives. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sundays at 1030 at Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.